a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is the Big E Sports Show on SB Nation Radio. And online at SBNationLive.com. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios in Houston, here's Alyssa Walker-Campbell. Hey, it is Friday night. Welcome into the fastest two hours in radio, SB Nation Radio, the Big E Sports Show. Every Friday night, 8 to 10 Eastern time, right here at SB Nation. Before we get underway, we love to hear from our listeners. We're live at Twitter, at E-Radio Sports. You know what? You can always email the show. We love guest ideas. Info at eradiosports.com And twice as nice. You can go back to podcastarena.com. Perhaps you missed hour number one. You can go back and check out all of our guests at podcastarena.com backslash the Big E Sports Show. But before we get underway, always got to take time to recognize and thank our corporate partners that power the Big E Sports Show. That is Inispec Oilfield Services, where chemistry matters, seasoned chemical service veterans long-time industry innovators, custom chemical solutions and services, no stranger to every major Texas energy play, unequaled personal service, products and services for drilling completions and productions. Check them out online at inspecinc.com. Well, I am really excited about our program tonight. We've got an amazing lineup over the next two hours. We're going to get into some NBA talk. Some NBA news and notes, some college basketball selection Sunday. I mean, the countdown is on. Yep, we're here in the state of Texas, right here in the Big 12 Conference. We got three teams in the top 20. We talk about KU, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Got some big time matchups that will take place tomorrow. And so many teams right now trying to keep their season alive and be named on that 68 team, the NC2A tournament bracket. What teams are peaking right now? So we're going to get into that. Lee Klein, it's going to be our very first guest this evening, SB Nation Radio, that bracket show. Also, a big portion of our program tonight, we're going to focus on the NFL Combine. Of course, earlier today, the on-field workouts started, and it is underway in Indianapolis. We're going to visit with Kevin Dunn. He is the CEO and owner, operates Test Sports Club, a New Jersey facility that has trained the likes of Joe Flacco, Patrick Peterson, Demario Davis, so many of the greats. And we're going to get into some questions on, do teams put too much stock on how players fare at the Combine? And we want to break down some of the players, you know, what are they projecting them at in terms of Oklahoma's Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson? What are scouts saying about their draft position? So come on back. We're going to talk some college hoops in our very first segment, our very first interview tonight with Lee Klein from SB Nation Radio that bracket show. We will be right back.
This is the Big E Sports Show on SB Nation Radio. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios in Houston, here's Alyssa Walker-Campbell. Hey, welcome back. Hour number one, SB Nation Radio, the Big E Sports Show. Before we get underway with our very first interview tonight, we'd love to hear from all of our listeners. You guys are amazing. Join us at Twitter, at eRadioSports. You can email the show at info at eradiosports.com. As promised, uh, it is time to talk some men's college basketball. Here we are. We're about, what, nine days away from Selection Sunday. Ready to turn my attention to some college hoops and delighted to welcome back with us. That, of course, is our very own from SB Nation Radio. He is the host of That Bracket Show 10 to 12 on Saturday. He's going to get you geared up, fired up for March Madness and all the excitement, the madness before the madness. Good evening, Lee Klein. How are you? Awesome. The madness for some has already started. <laughs> right. Conference tournaments have started. We have the Big Ten here in New York. We've got the WCC started up. It's really, the madness has started. March is here, and this is it. The whole season comes down to, in many conferences, how you play for three, four games, and you'll, the best will move up and get that automatic berth, and for others, season will be over. Yeah. Well, the race is really on. As you're talking about, conference tournaments are underway. Uh, teams are trying right now uh, to make a very strong, lasting impression for the selection committee. They want to keep their season alive, and they want to be one of the teams named on that 68-team uh, NC2A uh, tournament bracket. Uh, what teams right now would you say, just kind of give us a broad strokely, what teams are peaking right now at the right time? I've been really impressed with Nevada, who, after losing their starting point guard, has been able to distance themselves from the Mountain West, and I think it's really protected themselves from if something crazy should happen where they don't win the Mountain West tournament, I think they'll get an at-large bid either way. So I think that's one of the teams that's really been hot and impressed me, sort of the under-the-radar, if you will. Uh, outside of that, in Kentucky, the Wildcats. Okay. They finally seem to be playing their best basketball. They've got things going in the right direction. I think they've won like four in a row. And it's really been, uh, I think, one of the better coaching jobs by John Calipari in getting this team to peak at the right time and not lose them, not lose guys that go their independent way, worried about themselves and playing in the NBA but getting them to bond now as a team and play their best basketball. Okay, so you mentioned Kentucky, but I'm thinking we are here in Houston, you know, in the state of Texas, Big 12 conference play. We got three teams, KU, Texas Tech, West Virginia in the top 20. KU continues moving upward uh, in that number six position. Uh, What's your perception right now of the Big 12 conference? And ultimately, just throw out a figure, I mean, or a number. How many teams from the Big 12 conference are going to make the big dance? What? Saturday is a big day in the Big 12. It is. You've got Kansas playing Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State could find a way to sweep the Jayhawks, that would really help their resume and maybe put them in position for one of those last-in scenarios. You also have a big game for TCU, who's also on the bubble, trying to get in. And so I believe they play Texas Tech off the top of my head. So you're talking about the Big 12s anywhere from six locked teams to could it be seven or eight. It's, it's between 
Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU, those teams are fighting hard. Kansas State's trying to stay in. Those teams are fighting hard for to be in the automatic uh, at-large selections with the tournament committee. So it's it's important this Saturday with the conference. Okay, last week when you were on the program, we were talking about the Sooners, and uh, they, there was some major slippage that has taken place. Will they make the tournament? I think the I think yes, they're going to make the tournament. You do, okay? They got to start to play better. They got to get a win Saturday, and they got to win a game in the conference tournament. If they lose both, I think they'll be out. Hey, Lee Klein with us tonight, SB Nation Radio, the Big East Sports Show. He is our very own at SB Nation, host of That Bracket Show Saturdays from 10 to 12. And I want to give your program a plug. You have had some fantastic guests uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, who can, what can our listeners, what can they look forward to on Saturday? we got a great show again on Saturday. We have former Houston coach Tom Penders will be on. Oh, yeah, Tom. Yeah, talking okay. about a variety of uh, a variety of things. So, uh, Coach Penders, we have we have Chris Holtman from Ohio State, the Big Ten Coach of the Year. Nice. We've got uh, Eric Musselman from University of Nevada, who we just talked about a little while ago. Brian McMahon from Murray State. So we've got a we got a big show, and uh, I think that um, I think the audience will really enjoy. The, uh, the perspective that these coaches have in regards to how their team's playing, what their conference has been like, and what they're trying to do uh, for the postseason. Hey, Lee, give us some perspective. As I said, we're right here, SB Nation Radio, based in Houston. Kelvin Sampson doing an outstanding job with the Cougars from afar, from a distance. I mean, what have you seen in terms of the body of work, and what have you learned? I mean, how dangerous of a team is Kelvin Sampson's uh, Cougars? Done it. Coach Sampson, who was on this show earlier this season, has done an incredible job. First off, not only that they're nationally ranked, but people seem to forget. I mean, they're not playing in their home stadium. So they're playing at Texas Southern. So that means every home game is like a road game. It's a half hour away. Yeah. You've got to get everything ready. That process, if, for those listeners who have never really gone through it, it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult than when you're playing at home, that whole process. But he's got gutty kids. They really understand who they are. They're tough-minded. They play hard. And he's really done an incredible job with uh, the defensive efficiency. And I've been very impressed with the team. I think that I think them, Wichita, Cincinnati, are in great shape in the American for the postseason to make the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, Houston's a dark horse to win the conference tournament. Wow. Yeah. Kelvin Sampson, an excellent coach. Uh, let's shift gears here just a little bit, Lee, while you're on the program tonight. Does does this season, does this time of year, does it feel a little bit different because of all the scandals that are going on in men's college basketball? I mean, this has got to be heartbreaking for you. Uh, you're an aficionado, you're a former coach, and, and, and you love the men's game. It is. It, it's taken some of the sizzle out. I'm hoping we can regain a little bit once the games tip off in the tournament that opening weekend, that four, first four days of the tournament, that that magic sort of rises up past the, this cloud that we have. And, look, I mean, the reality is this. the uh, You know, this scandal, and we have about every couple of years, there's something that's going on within the college game. And it, it really stems from there's no system here. There's no 
organized basketball system in the U.S. Most countries have a governing body that organizes basketball up from bitty ball, from the youngest of players, all the way up through professional. They have to have a number to play. The coaches have to have a number to coach. They have to go through certain levels of certification in order to coach at different levels. And so there's a system in place and there's a governor body that not only protects, looks after those in the system, but also looks after the welfare of the game. And until we do that here in the U.S., until we have that, and unfortunately due to the success of the game, we never really establish that, you're always going to have some level of corruption. If we remove the one and done and we pay the college players, there's still going to be corruption within. Right. Because what will happen is it will happen younger in the system. It will happen when kids are 14 instead of when they're 18 and so on. The reason why money is being spent is because there's a lot of money in the game. What do they say? The NBA is worth $8 billion now? That's why money's out there. That's why the price of the elite talent has gone up. But until there's a system, we're going to continue to have problems in the sport. Well said. Lee Klein, SB Nation Radio, host of That Bracket Show, 10 to 12. Mark it down. You don't want to miss it. Awesome guest that will be joining him tomorrow morning. Lee, always a true pleasure. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? Sounds great. You bet. Stick around. A lot coming your way right here in hour number one. A little bit later in the hour, we're going to be visiting with one of our favorites. That is NBA columnist and also uh, host of Sirius XM NBA Radio, the great Mitch Lawrence. We will be right back. This is the Big E Sports Show on SB Nation Radio. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios in Houston, here's Alyssa Walker-Campbell. Hey, welcome back to the next generation of sports radio. That is SB Nation Radio, the Big East Sports Show. It is Friday night, and we are so glad you are along with us for two hours. We're live at Twitter. Join us right now at eRadio Sports. You can always email the show at info at eradiosports.com. And think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. They are close, convenient, and known for their guaranteed everyday low price. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today. O'Reilly's better parts, better prices every single day day. And it may be the month of March. Yeah, that's right. It's March the 2nd. But the NFL draft will be here before you know it. We're going to break it all down as the NFL, NFL Combine, the scouting combine is underway. And we are so delighted to have back with us NFL from the draft Bible. That is Rick Saratella. Rick, it has been way too long. How are you, my friend? Oh, doing well, you know, just uh, trying to navigate through through the combine buzz with all the information coming down the wire and getting a chance to talk with all the coaches, GMs, and players and just trying to gather as much information as we can here. Well, you're right. There is a lot of buzz right now. So let's talk about some of the players that are generating the most of that buzz and, and you know, some of the players that perhaps will immediately make that impact and move franchises forward. You know, I think the, the big story coming into – uh, Indianapolis to start it all off was the news that Sam Darnold wasn't going to throw That's right. uh, this week at the Combine. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, maybe it's not a terrible decision because we have to keep things in perspective. If he does start an NFL game next year, he'll be the, the second youngest quarterback to ever start an NFL game. Tommy Maddox was the youngest. So, you know, maybe an extra month to prepare can kind of help him out and let the scouts come to his pro day workout. And, you know, I really don't think that he had much to win uh, by part 
participating in the combine because let's be honest if he if he comes out and does a great job then hey he did his job he did what he has to do his stock you know his needle doesn't really move the draft stock and if he doesn't do so well well you know then people are just going to criticize him so I don't necessarily disagree uh, with the move and I think people are going to tend to make a lot more of it than, than they need to, just like they did with Lamar Jackson's height. I mean, that was a big topic coming into Indianapolis, and then he measured at six foot two, and now nobody will ever discuss his height ever again. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of big players um, that, you know, the, the media hordes around uh, guys like Saquon Barkley, you know, they're going to listen to every word he has to say. And I think in this day and age, there's more media than I've ever seen, Alyssa. I mean, there's about 1,500 reporters here just craving information. Wow. So any slip-up, any wrong thing you do <laughs> or say will definitely wind up being clickbait on the, on the Internet. <laughs> Rick, what am I doing here in Houston on a Friday night? I need to be there. I need to be like one of those media people up there tracking all of this amazing talent. Hey, Rick Saratello with us tonight at SB Nation Radio, the Big East Sports Show. He is the director of player personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase, creator of the NFL Draft Bible, and he's breaking it all down. Talk to me about this year's draft class. How would you summarize? It, Rick. Put it into perspective. Well, I think, you know, every year the draft is a homework assignment, and the teams that do their due diligence will find great players in day two and day three. And I think, you know, uh, there's teams traditionally like the Patriots and the Ravens and Steelers and Packers in the past that have done a good job of doing that. But I think in terms of star power, um, up top, everybody wants to know, like, you know, what's the star power like? Well, when you have four or five potential first-round quarterbacks, potential franchise signal callers, I think it's a sexy draft. And, you know, anytime that you can find uh, that many quarterbacks being selected in the first round, there's going to be a lot of excitement. And I think the the NFL has become a quarterback-needy team. So there's going to be teams willing to roll the dice on some of these guys and maybe some of these non-traditional quarterbacks like a Baker Mayfield who's a little bit undersized. You might have to have a moving pocket and have him, you know, kind of improvise a little bit and create an offense around him. But I think positional-wise, the running back uh, class is very deep, very talented, um, and it's going to be interesting to see. Does a team value a high running back draft pick, or do they wait until day two and day three and maybe not get a player as good as Saquon Barkley, but you got, you got guys like Sony Michelle of Georgia or Rashad Penny of San Diego State. These guys are going to probably go on day two, and while they might not be explosive as Saquon Barkley, they can go on to have similar productive careers. And one other position, too, that we should mention, 70 defensive backs invited to the NFL scouting wow. combine. I think that might be an all-time record. And I, I know there was quite a, a few uh, secondary players selected last year, more than we've seen in previous years. And I think that speaks volumes to just the way that the NFL continues to trend towards the air raid and, and the passing attack and so much emphasis placed on the passing game. Okay, a big defensive class, but I want to back up just a moment. I am a proud, I'm a sassy Sooner. So you mentioned the name, name drop in here, <laughs> a Baker Mayfield. Tell me about my guy. I know he is undersized, as you had just talked about, but uh, what, what, what's his stop right now? Well, you know, I think that at the end of the day, he's, he's got the it factor. And, you know, what does that mean, people always say? What does the it factor mean? Well, it means he has the intangibles. It means he's a guy that players gravitate towards, too. He's a, he's a natural-born leader. He's, he's the um, alpha male in the room. And I think that's one of the things that you're going to want to see here when we do go into um, 
see the quarterbacks and stuff like that, you know, we're, we're also evaluating who's, who's the guy taking charge, who's taking the initiative to lead the group, and that's who Baker Mayfield is. And I think, you know, the, the, the size, He's taller than, than Russell Wilson. He came in at six foot and three eighths inches. So we know he's taller than Russell Wilson. And, and you know, he's the exception to the rule. And, and traditional uh, NFL scouting world, a guy like that probably would not be considered a first round pick. But I, I just think, you know, with his ability to create, extend the pocket, make all the plays. Now, listen, is there some stuff off the field that, you know, maybe. <laughs> Maybe when we were 20 years old and and stuff, we we make some dumb mistakes. But I think the -the off-the-field stuff that he's been involved with is not something where it's going to be something that you say, hey, you know what, we're going to just cross him off the board completely. Because let's be honest, we were all 20 years old at one time. We've all done stupid things. You know, in this day and age, it just happens that everybody has a camera phone. And, you know, if you do something stupid, again, it it will become clickbait. Hey, from the NFL Draft Bible, Rick Saratella back with us at SB Nation Radio, the Big E Sports Show. He has got you covered because the NFL Combine, the on-field workouts, they actually started today. Talk to me about, uh, Rick, as far as what are scouts saying about Lamar Jackson's uh, his draft position? Well, you know, I think right now uh, it's hard to kind of put him in the same category as some of these other guys because, you know, listen, Josh Allen looks body beautiful. He's got a cannon arm. Hey, is Lamar Jackson's arm strong? Yes, but it's not like Josh Allen's. Uh, you take a guy like Josh Rosen who, who just really dissects the defense and, and reads through his progressions and makes a lot of pre-snap reads. Now, am I saying Lamar Jackson doesn't do that? No, but there's a lot of times on film where, you know, if his first read isn't available, he's very quick to, to tuck the ball and run rather than try to find the next read in, 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 the, in the system. So okay. I think, you know, when you compare him to some of the other guys, he's maybe not that developed as some of, of the other guys being mentioned in the first round. But I do think that it's interesting. The Bills have a pick there at 20 and 21 in the first round. And if I'm Buffalo and I think that, you know, Lamar Jackson is an upgrade over Tyrod Taylor, then sometimes you have to roll the dice. And, and you know, the, the new collective bargaining agreement that went into place back in 2011 enabled it so that, you know, if you do roll the dice on a first-round quarterback and it doesn't pan out, you know, it's not going to anchor your franchise like a Jamarcus Russell did uh, many years ago for the Raiders. I mean, it took them several years to, to get out of that financial mess because they use such a high pick. I think this year, you know, with or the new CBA that's in place now, it's not so much of a financial gamble. And I think there might be a team that does decide to pull the trigger there in the back end of the first round. Take us inside the huddle, Rick, in terms of what are some of the things that NFL scouts look for at the combine that perhaps folks like myself, like media, like fans that we don't see? Well, you know, I think the things that we don't see are, are the same things that the media don't see, that every that the team's value is the white the whiteboard meetings, the 15-minute one-on-one interviews, and the medical information. I mean, you know, the medical information is really vital and critical to the evaluation um, aspect because, you know, that could dictate where you're selected in the NFL draft. And now, you know, we don't get a chance to see that. And, and quite honestly, Alyssa, you know, they have all of us media in, in a tiny room like herd and cattle. So while the players are really? participating, we, we, we are actually watching it on TV just like everybody else at home. So in terms of the participation, the actual drills, 
Um, we're, we're watching it on a, on a flat screen, just like everybody else, except they don't put the volume on for us. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think is the most underrated characteristic when evaluating players? I think the most underrated characteristic is heart, and there's been no way to calculate or measure a player's heart, and I think that's why it's so important to really meet the player. But, you know, these players are so so well-trained. They're media-trained. They're trained on what to say, and a lot of times their answers can be robotic. I think it takes a unique skill set to be able to connect with the player, meet him within a couple of minutes, break him down, and loosen him up so that he's – more of a natural environment, you know, he doesn't feel like he's, you know, under the, the, the spotlight, under the microscope, because, you know, they can be nervous, they can be scared of what to say. And I think, you know, that's, that's where, you know, personality comes into play. And if you can uh, make a connection and bond with these players, get them into a casual state of mind, maybe even a casual atmosphere. And there's a lot of meetings that go on at the JW Marriott that are away from behind closed doors. And I think you can tell a lot about a player and try to understand where his heart is at, where his head is at. Does this guy have a family? What's his priorities? What does he value? And I think that goes a long ways because you could be so talented, but at the end of the day, if football isn't your passion, then the NFL is not for you. Hey, the NFL offseason, it is certainly heating up. It's only going to get better. And what a wonderful conversation with Rick Saratella, the director of player personnel, Gridiron Showcase, also the creator of NFL Draft Bible. Quickly, Rick, reach out to our audience. Where can they check you out online? Oh, please do check us out at NFLDraftBible.com. We'll have uh, interviews, rankings, scouting reports. Combine Buzz, and of course on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. We always do a good job of putting all of our videos and podcasts and everything that's happening in the draft world. This is the Big E Sports Show on SB Nation Radio, live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios in Houston. Here's Alyssa Walker Campbell. Okay, it is Friday night. Back with you at SB Nation Radio and the Big E Sports Show. I am Elissa Walker-Campbell. Hey, think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. They are close, convenient, and known for their guaranteed everyday low price. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today. O'Reilly's, better parts, better prices every single day. Well, as promised before we went to commercial break, that's right, we are going to hoop it up and talk some NBA news and notes. And also... Uh, we have got to take a deep dive into college basketball and about this NC2A mess that is going on. And our go-to guy tonight, of course, is Mitch Lawrence from Sirius XM NBA Radio, and he does it all. He is also uh, an NBA columnist. you got to check out his work online at Twitter and also Sporting News and at Forbes. Good evening, Mitch. Nice to have you back in the saddle. Well, it's always great to be uh, on with you, Alyssa. How are you tonight? All right? I'm outstanding. Uh, Looking forward to the weekend. But, uh, of course, March Madness. I can't believe the month of March is already here. And, uh, you know, with the latest FBI probe, it seems like big-time change is on the way. In my mind, it's kind of soured this season and, and really the integrity of the game. What say you? Well, you know what? I mean, you know, I've been watching a lot of college basketball over the years, and um, every once in a while we have some sort of a big scandal. Uh, this has happened throughout time. It's like a big cesspool it's at times college sports, which is unfortunate. But when you have a lot of big money in this day and age, uh, you have this type of stuff. Um, it seems to me like, you know, um, the rules of college sports are still a little antiquated considering how far the sports industry has come in terms of, you know, all the schools and the TV contracts and the billion-dollar deals and on and on and on. It's a very, very rich 
uh, environment. Uh, you know, the players uh, feel like they should be paid in some way. Uh, there are a lot of people who still feel that, you know what, they're getting an education. Uh, if they want to get paid, uh, you know, the NCAA is not the place to be unless you're going to get paid under the table. There are other alternatives. You can go play in Europe. You can play in other places. So, um, you know, every time something like this happens, um, and now it's kind of unusual that the FBI is involved, but that, that tends to put a lot more teeth in just the NCAA investigation, obviously. But uh, every time this happens, there's all this hue and cry about how are we going to change, you know, college athletics. And I'm, I might be the last person to ask that because I really <laughs> don't have a solution. I'm not, I'm not LeBron James. I guess LeBron's got a solution for everything. But uh, everything is so complicated. There's so many layers um, that it really is. Um, it's a big mess. It's a big problem. And the NCAA is going to have to figure it out. Has the scandal, has it uh, dampened your excitement for March Madness? I mean, this is a time of year that we always get so fired up. Yeah, well, not really. I mean, (laughs) I I like, I love, look, I'm like everybody else. I'm going to be involved in brackets. I'm going to, and you know, I'm like everybody else too. I Mm -hmm. don't know a lot about college basketball. I just try to keep on top of the NBA as much as I can. So my brackets are probably the last place you want to go to consult pick, <laughs> but um, you know, every March it seems like the, the, the drama and the the surprises involved are great. Uh, you got the mid-major stuff, and you always have the, the blue bloods of basketball, and you know, you, you love, to, I mean, I watch the selection show like everybody else. No, this, this scandal hasn't uh, dampened it. It's just a little bit more, you know, intriguing when you see what happens, and it's, uh, you know, it's terrible what happens with, uh, obviously, the players who are implicated, the coaches who have lost jobs, uh, you know, uh, and all the stuff that's come to light. But I still love, I mean, I watch TCU. We're big TCU fans okay, here. Okay, yeah, uh, sure. So I watch a lot of Big 12, and I watch, you know, the Big 10 is in, is in New York for the first time, which is amazing. And so uh, it's a big deal here. Uh, of course, the Big East is here, and the ACC will be here. So even in New York, which isn't real big into college basketball necessarily, we've got so many tournaments here that it's really you know wetting everybody's appetite. And we're all going to uh, look forward to another crazy March. You're listening to The Voice, NBA columnist Mitch Lawrence back with us at SB Nation Radio, the next generation of sports radio, and the Big East Sports Show. Of course, when we talk about uh, what all has happened uh, in this NC2A, uh, men's college basketball, and a lot of big-name schools taking a hit, you said you really don't have a solution for this, but there certainly, uh, Mitch, has been an extraordinary amount of money that has been paid uh, to players. Um, give us your thoughts on, just one more hit on this, give us your thoughts on the Louisville uh, National Championship, uh, you know, the 2013 national title being vacated. Well, I mean... You know, a lot of people say they still want it on the court, which they certainly did. I guess they were using ineligible players or, or you know, players that had run afoul of, of, the, of the law. Um, you know, the, the bigger thing is, and that's, you know, symbolic. We all know what happened on the court. The bigger thing is how much of these, how much does Louisville lose in terms of money, how much money they have to return. Um, you know, for me, when I look at college sports, and this goes for football too, the biggest penalty a school can have isn't, isn't the loss of revenue necessarily, though that's big. It's the loss of scholarships going forward because that impacts a team's ability, a program's ability to recruit. It impacts a program's ability to win because you've got to have your full scholarships. Uh, if you have your scholarships reduced, mm-hmm. um, then that's going to be a big problem. I'm not, I can't remember the Louisville penalties exactly. You know, the big thing for a lot of people was you know, the whole thing about taking away the titles. But 
you know, th- this is a situation where they've got to look at their program, obviously, and if they've been penalized in terms of a loss of scholarships, that's what really hits home because that's going to affect your future winning. Does Rick Pitino, does he deserve a second chance? Do you see him coaching ever again? I don't see him coaching again. Uh, I know he feels he does. Um, I just don't know, first of all, the, the, you know, this, this college, uh, the scandal that happened at Louisville, not just involving the FBI stuff, but the, the stuff previously, um, has got to be, obviously, red flags for Rick Pitino now going forward. I don't know who would hire him. Uh, could somebody in the pros take a chance on Rick Pitino? You know, I'm not so sure about that. He obviously did coach in the pros. He coached Celtics. He coached right here in New York. But that's going back some time now. So I think we might have seen uh, the last of Rick Pitino. Um, and it's got nothing to do with deserve, you know, and deserving a second chance. Um, he has a lot of stuff in his past with these pro- with this program at Louisville that he obviously, he obviously has to take, um, you know, responsibility for. And people are going to hold him responsible, whether he likes that or not, whether he agrees with it or not. Uh, we're seeing this in a little bit in a different light in the pros with the Mavericks with Mark Cuban and all the problems they've had involving a huge sexual harassment problem there, uh, in addition to the Mark Cuban, the tanking thing. But, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, whether you're an owner of an NBA team or you're the head coach of a football program or a college basketball program, when stuff happens on your watch, in your program, in your professional program, your team, uh, you're the one at the, where the buck, buck stops. And you're the one who ultimately has to take responsibility for it. So I think Rick Pitino's probably finished. Hey, NBA columnist Mitch Lawrence with us tonight. SB Nation Radio, the Big Esports Show. Give him a follow at Twitter, at Mitch underscore Lawrence. And you can follow us. We are live on Twitter, at E Radio Sports. Alrighty, Mitch, let's move ahead and uh, let's specifically talk some more about the NBA and your recent post in Sporting News. Uh, even with the Rockets emerging as contenders, the Warriors still hold the major championship advantage. Uh, who do you think is the biggest threat to the Warriors? We are here in Houston. What about those Rockets? Uh, I think the Warriors might be the biggest threat to the Warriors. Interesting. The okay. The problem. The, you know, we've seen Golden State, especially before the All Star break. Uh, have a lot of problems with, uh, you know, bad, you know, getting into bad habits, getting into bad habits at the defensive end, not finishing plays off defensively, offensively, trying to hit home runs, not just trying to get the easy assist, um, and, and lackadaisical approach to the game. Now, when they play that, they're very vulnerable because they're causing problems for themselves. Now, since the all-star break, obviously, they got refreshed, re-energized, refocused, and now, uh, they're looking to end on a very strong note. And so if they go into the playoffs, if they're healthy and whole with two MVPs in their primes, uh, Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant, four All-Stars, in addition to those two, obviously, Clay Thompson and, uh, and Draymond Green, then really it's their title to lose because the one thing, and this is what I wrote in my sporting news piece, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. the one thing is they have figured it out. They won a title with this current group, with Kevin Durant. Remember last year, a lot of people might not remember, but they won their first 15 playoff games. They almost they had a chance to go and run the table for the first time ever. They lost that game three in the finals uh, game, uh, to Cleveland. Was a game four rather when they were up three zero. So they they finished the playoff run sixteen and one. And when I talked to them, they were in town the other day. I talked to the several players, including Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, about is when you know the importance of winning a title with the current group that they have versus everybody else. No other team, whether it's Houston, Cleveland, as they're constituted now, Boston, Toronto. San Antonio and on and on, Oklahoma City. They're going to, all those teams are going to try to figure out on the fly in May and June 
what they need to do to win the title, whereas Golden State already has that knowledge and the know-how. And that, for them, and we've seen it in past champions, that is very important when you line up the playoff field. You know, a team like Houston has had a marvelous regular season, don't get me wrong. James Harden has been a terrific, he's the leader for the MVP, the Chris Paul edition, Clint Capella, all the people that they you know added uh, beautifully by Daryl Morey, the GM, including Joe Johnson, I thought was terrific uh, getting him on a buyout. But the problem for Houston is, as a unit, as a team, they have not endured a play, they have not had a playoff run, so nobody knows how they're going to react to the pressures of the playoffs. They're going to have to figure that out. Golden State already has their blueprint. They already know what they need, and like Andre Iguodala said, the flip side of that is not only do they know what, to, what it takes to win, they know when they're playing at a level which isn't going to get it done. Well, they know mm-hmm. when they have to win a title, you can't play a certain way. So they've already experienced that. These other teams don't have that learn that knowledge, and that's something you can't teach. Well, and when you look at the roster for the Warriors, as you're talking about, I mean, they return nine players from the championship team. They've got that experience factor is what you're saying, yeah. and that really gives them a leg up on the competition. And they know how to win when it really matters. You know what? A lot of it comes down to, and you see this in the playoffs where you play tight games, and it comes down to late game execution at both ends. You know, they know Golden State knows how they come up with stops when they need big stops, how they're going to perform defensively. And they have some, you know, you see them in the regular season, they're going to have some ups and downs. But in the playoffs, when these guys are locked in and they're on a mission, they want to, you know, let's not forget, they haven't been able to repeat yet. Uh, you know, that we all thought they'd had a great chance to repeat uh, back when, when, when they blew a 3-1 lead to Cleveland in the finals. And when you repeat, you add to your legacy as a team because they now are looking at comparing themselves to the great teams of the past. And a lot of the great teams in the past, you know, repeated. You know, the Spurs never did repeat with Tim Duncan. So this is a thing that Golden State looks at. And, you know, if you're going to be lined up historically with a great team, the Lakers of the 80s and the Bulls of the 90s, these are the teams that went back-to-back. And so I think Golden State, yeah, they have that knowledge. And offensively, at the other end of the floor, they know how to perform, who gets the ball, and they've kind of they've gone through the drills before. These other teams that we're talking about, you know, James Harden and Chris Paul, we don't know how it's going to re- how those players are going to react under the pressure, late game situations with the clock winding down, who takes the shot, how is it all going to work out? That's something that they're going to have to try to figure out, especially it's going to be at a disadvantage, especially if they're facing Golden State, because like you said, Golden State has that knowledge. NBA News and Notes continues with NBA columnist and host of Sirius XM NBA Radio, Mitch Lawrence, after this quick break. This is the Big E Sports Show on SB Nation Radio, live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios in Houston. Here's Alyssa Walker-Campbell. Hey, welcome back to our number one SB Nation Radio, the Big Sports Show. We're going to continue our conversation with Mitch Lawrence, NBA columnist. Okay, the Rockets, they are really rolling right now. A winning streak of 14 games with that win uh, over the Clippers on Wednesday night. 14 games in a row. Uh, do they have the depth, though, uh, to make a deep run? They have the depth. I think they do. You do? Okay. And by the way, uh, winning, winning, winning in Los Angeles, I guess, I, I guess none of the Rockets went uh, into the try to get into the Clipper <laughs> locker room. Right. Right? We, but, but uh, yeah, they have the depth. You know, they add, when, you, when you can add a Joe Johnson, uh, that is a tremendous move because Joe Johnson knows what it is to try to make a pressure shot in a playoff game. He closed out a playoff game, I believe, for Utah last year in the first round against the Clippers. And so he's got that on his resume. He had some success as a net, too. 
Uh, we've seen that. So you add him to a Chris Paul. You add him to a James Harden. Uh, give me a hit in terms of the MVP race. Uh, is James Harden, is he your choice this year? James Harden right now is my choice. We've still got a ways to go. Uh, a little bit of a ways anyway down the stretch. But I'll tell you what, he has been phenomenal. Now, i gotta, I got to admit this. My preseason choice Who was it? Kawhi Leonard. Really? Kawhi Leonard. Wow, okay. Well, well you know what? Here, here's my thinking. You know, LeBron James, we're all taking for granted now, and he's been an MVP. You could vote for him. It's like Michael Jordan back in the day. You could vote for LeBron every year. Um, and that's just my, you know, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just looking for somebody else. But I figured, okay, LeBron's going to be in the race. And he has been. And he's played a lot better since they made the changes because he was not at all engaged. He was not at all invested in the team that had Isaiah Thomas and uh, Jay Crowder. The changes have helped him a lot, get back refreshed, and he's now playing like an MVP again. But I picked Kawhi on the basis of, well, I figured, you know what, James Harden is going to be joined by Chris Paul. They'll probably cancel each other out, just like you figured Durant and Curry would cancel each other out, too. And I feel like, you know, Steph Curry has been a marvelous MVP type of player this year. But right now, this is a James Harden year, and it's really the MVP for James Harden to lose at this point. Okay, I only have time for one more question. Now, you bring up Kawhi Leonard. He was your preseason MVP. How much friction uh, is going on between the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard? And why is this happening? I thought That's they were a one great big, question. You know, I thought, I thought they were a big, happy family. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is amazing, isn't it? This is the yeah. first time in the Popovich era, which goes, what, 20 years or so or more, that maybe they're not a big, happy family. I mean, you know, I'm sure, look, there have probably been things in the past that nobody knew about down there in sleepy San Antonio, but it never really came out, and it never never was like this. You hear a lot of stuff. I don't really know. I'm talking to people around the league. They, people really don't know. They, they might think they know. Um, look, is it a type of situation where Kawhi Leonard is so upset that he's going to you know, tell them I, you know, I'm not going to resign here in 2000. The next team, when in 2019, when he's a free agent, if he sends that message, you can bet the Spurs will try to trade him uh, at some point before that. But I don't know if it's that bad. And it all obviously stems from this unfortunate injury that he had, and that he had setbacks in his rehabilitation. We don't know if the surgery was botched. We don't know anything. I mean, you don't get a lot of information, mm-hmm. or the I should say the off season. I don't know if it was surgery, but the off season uh, rehab problem that he had off that injury. So look. Um, if, if, if it's not a situation where he's that unhappy, then he will be in San Antonio with a contract worth more than $200 million. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. But it is amazing this year that you have a soap opera in San Antonio because you never see those. Yeah, it's been a very tough season uh, for the Spurs. They are an aging team, and you think you would have to think that moving forward uh, that they're going to want to get younger. Mitch Lawrence been with us. SB Nation Radio, the Big East Sports Show. Give him a follow at Twitter, Mitch underscore Lawrence. Uh, NBA columnist, and also check him out. Sporting News and Forbes, he is amazing. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.